Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. Working on a sermon called Friends, it's out of John chapter 15. As I have shared with you, if they ever come to get our Bibles, I'm going to beg them for a chapter or for a book. And if they give me a book, it'll be the book of John. And if they give me a, it won't give me a book, I'll say, can I have a chapter? And if they give me a chapter, I'll take John chapter 15. Because it is chock full of everything. Again, if you're, if you're a witness to somebody, and you ought to be three amens. Uh, you ought to be witnessing to somebody all the time. Amen? That's our job. And if you're witnessing to them and they've never been involved in this thing before, take them to, to the book of John. Don't start them in Genesis and all the begat, begat, begats. Uh, they'll get weighted down. They'll never finish it. Take them a book of John. If you need a book of John, we've got some, still plenty of them to hand out. It's just, it's nothing but the book of John. It's a little, that little booklet that sometimes we put out in the foyer we got a bunch of them, so ask me about it afterward. But take them to the book of John, because it explains everything in a nutshell. From the very beginning, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, moved into our neighborhood. Amen? Uh, and, and so it's very, very easy for a person who has never been in church, and you're going to encounter more and more and more of that as time goes on. I know we live in the buckle of the Bible Belt, but ultimately, especially, you get out from right around the, in the south, there's a lot of people that don't know a thing about the Bible, have never read it. Some of them have never been to church. And so sometimes we come at people with this Christianese kind of thing, and we start speaking church language that they don't understand. And uh, I, I personally dealt with a guy one time that he had really didn't have any experience in church world at all. And so I, I got him a Bible, highlighted some things in the book of John, and ultimately ended up leading him to the Lord because of that. And he, and he began to understand what it was all about. Hard to, hard to be saved if you, you know, it's like I've said, you'll never ask Jesus to save you if you don't know he's a Savior. You'll never ask him to heal you if you don't know that he's a healer. You'll never ask him to deliver you if you don't know that he's a deliverer. So we've got to start somewhere with people. So John chapter 15, in this particular portion of Scripture, we're going to begin in verse um, 12. And they're going to have it on the screen for you, so there you go. John 15, 12 through 17. 12 says this, this is my commandment. This is Jesus speaking. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. Well, that ought to be easy. Amen. <laughs> Amen or on me. And Zach said, on me. This is my commandment. Just, I mean, we could read that one verse and go to the house and say, we've had church. Because if we accomplish that, we've done something great in the kingdom. This is my commandment. Love one another as I've loved you. Verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you, what has he commanded us to do? 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself is what he said when he was asked, what is the most important commandment? So he goes on, and he says, I no longer call you slaves. You're not working for me necessarily in the sense of a slave because a master doesn't confide in his slave. master doesn't tell his slave what he's about to do or what his next business venture is. Jesus has told us everything that the Father has told him. Again, I think, personally, I think if, if God the Father told him what day and what hour he was coming back, I think he loves us so much that he would have to share that with us. So he said only the Father in heaven knows that. Not even angels know when, when that time is. And so it says that, uh, I think we jumped there. Yeah. No longer slaves. Now you are my friends. That's a big thing. That goes from agape love to the phileo love, which is a tender affection. Some, not just a I have to love you kind of thing. I love you because you're special to me. Okay? It's, it's an exchange. Now that you're my friend, since I've told you everything that the Father told me, verse 16, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Sometimes we get that kind of mixed up. Sometimes we think, well, I made a decision. And that, that's me choosing him, but he chose you a long time ago. He said, before the foundation of the world, he knew whose names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That means way before he said, let there be, he knew who you were. If that don't blow your mind, your mind can't be blown. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. In other words, that we are supposed to go and do something. John chapter 15, earlier in this chapter, he talks about that his, his father is the vine, the, the uh, husbandman, the one that works in the vineyard, and he's going to take care of, the, of everything, bringing forth fruit. And he says, you need to go. I've appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. So in other words, if it's toward accomplishing his will, guess what? The father's going to give us anything we need in Jesus' name. This is my command. Love each other. Love, not shove. Amen. Let's pray, then we'll get into the message. Father, thank you for your presence that we have already sensed today. And it is an awesome thing to feel your presence. It's not about our feelings. We've talked about that many, many times. But there is something about feeling that presence. Lord, it just lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are here you are with us your word says it but sometimes we just we need that little oomph that we get from feeling so thank you for meeting us here thank you for being a part of this service today and lord again we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word let us take it in let it transform us and lord as i have prayed so many times let it transform us and make us into something that looks a whole lot more like your dear son jesus and a whole lot less like us. And we thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been working on an acrostic called Friends. That's the title of the message, but if you are taking notes, you want a letter down the left-hand side of your page, F-R-I-E-N-D-S, Friends. And uh, the first, uh, I've shared this with you, but the first week we were working on it, I said letter down the side of your page, F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Miss Emma said, I put an F, 
because I knew you wouldn't get any further than the first point. <laughs> and so she was pretty much true to her word because uh, that's the way it happened. And then last week, the uh, first week we worked on the F is focus on what really matters. We need to major in the majors instead of majoring in the minors. And far too often in church world, we major in the minors. We look for everything that separates us instead of the things that ought to bind us together. We look for all the criticisms that we have, all the different things uh, even in, in, in involved in church world as far as different churches. We look at what would separate us instead of what should bind us together. And so uh, we need to focus on what really matters. The R, we worked on that week before last, is renew our commitment. We need to renew our commitment to the Lord. We need to renew our commitment to each other. And we need to renew our commitment to make a difference in this world in which we live. Somebody say amen to that. So, if you didn't catch those, Zach will be posting those on Facebook in the next few weeks. So, we are today going to work on the I. And the I is invest and invite. Those are the two things that really and truly the Lord asks us to do above everything else in this world. He, he asks us to invest into the kingdom and... Uh, before somebody says, oh, here we go, the preacher's preaching about money, we're going to hear a ser sermon on money, uh, we've already taken up the offering. Amen? So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, I heard a joke one time, it says that this back when times were tough in the middle of the Depression, and this little kid had, had, uh, had gotten him a little bit of money and was going to the store with it, and so he just puts it in his mouth for safekeeping. Something happens, he trips and falls, and whatever, he swallowed the coin. So they're all gathered around. He kind of chokes on it, but he swallows it. And somebody says, what are we going to do now? We don't have any money at the store. And one little girl said, take him to the preacher. He can get money out of anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> but again, we're not, taking up a, we're not taking up a second offering, so you can chill out on that. But uh, here's the deal. The Lord gives us a certain amount of things here on this earth. We've got a certain amount of time. We've got a certain amount of goods that are to, uh, basically in our care. And we've got a little bit of talent that he gives us in different areas. So time, talent, and treasure. That's, that's, that's basically what we're given. And there's so many times in the Bible when he talks about us being good stewards. That we're given something, we need to do something with that, and the outcome is going to be good if we have done what we need to with it. So, you know, there's so many different parables, so many different illustrations in the Bible, and it would, it would take up the whole time today if we were to look at those. But basically, there's just a few things that he says about that. You remember in that one, that he, when he's giving out the talents, he gives a, a few here, a few there, a few here. The one that says, oh, I knew you were a hard person, so I went and buried mine. In essence, put it in my pocket. Or put it away for safekeeping. I didn't, didn't do anything with it. Then ultimately, that person was the one that had to give it up to the one who had invested it and doubled it, doubled it and everything. So it comes down to this. Our time, our talent, and our treasure is just, they're all the same in some aspects. Number one, you can spend it. You can do what you want to with it. You can go out and you can just sow it to the wind. You can, you can spend it however you want to. You think about your time. You can spend your time. You can spend your money. You can spend your talent. And the other way that we can do it is we can waste it or we can invest it. 
So you can spend that money, you can waste that money, or you can invest that money. You can spend your time, you can waste your time. How many of us waste our time? How many of us have those little games? When we got five minutes to spare, all right, well, I'm waiting here. I'm just going to waste my time. Because that's what it does. And I'm, I'm, I've got a game or two that I play from time to time, too. So don't, don't think I'm throwing rocks at you that you can't throw back at me. So here's the deal. Do we spend our time, do we waste our time, or do we invest our time? Do we spend our talent, do we waste our talent, or do we invest our talent? Do we spend our treasure, waste our treasure, or invest our treasure? It all comes down to that. That's a question that I want you to remember today. What am I doing with my stuff? Stuff and things. That's what we're all about. Stuff and things. And are we just wasting it? Are we investing it? Or are we just spending it on ourselves? Because ultimately it comes down to this. We're all given in some aspects the same amount. We're all given the same amount of time. We may not have the same amount of treasure. We may not have the same amount of talents, but we've all got the same amount of time. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's the way we tend to measure it. I don't know that the Lord, I mean, I, I suppose he measures it in those terms, but I don't think it means as much in heaven. When we get to, uh, get to heaven, eternity's before us, and I don't think we're going to, a week or an hour or a day is going to have the same weight because it's going to be an eternal day. But ultimately, we all have that same amount of time. That's 168, 168 hours in a week. One, six, eight. And roughly, if we come to church and get here on time, and we stay till, it's, till the last amen, then roughly about an hour invested. So that 168 comes down to 167. What are you doing with the 167? If we tithed on it, because we do believe in tithing here. I believe tithe is a biblical principle. Jesus taught it. Whenever the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to him and were asking him about tithe, and he said, these things you ought to do, but not neglect the weight of your things of the law. In other words, that's a given. You ought to be doing that. So if we tithe on it, that's 16.8 hours, 16.8 16.8 hours every week that we owe to the Lord just to meet the tithe. And sometimes we spend our 167 doing anything but that. We kind of come in and we kind of punch our time card with God. Okay, God, I went to church on Sunday morning. Ka-ching. What are you doing with the 167? What are the things that you're doing to build the kingdom, to build the church? Again, as I started out, we ought to be witnessing to somebody. We ought to all have somebody that we're trying to invest in time-wise to win them to the kingdom. I believe it's an important thing, to have, uh, important thing to have friends in your life that are not saved. That got kind of quiet. We love to rub elbows with people that are just like us, smell just like us, act just like us, talk just like us. I have made it a, a, a point in my life to always have at least one person 
that's as rough as a cob and needs Jesus as much as anybody out there. Why? Because I was that person once. And it has been such an important thing to me that somebody cared enough to tell me about it. I didn't, I certainly didn't deserve it, and I certainly did not act anything like a Christian. If most of y'all could have seen me back 30 plus years ago now, uh, you'd have probably walked to the other side of the street. Long beard, always wearing a welding hat. Because I was a welder, and, and uh, I mean, you, I wore it on the job, so I was always wearing a welding hat, always wearing a T-shirt, uniform pants, work, work shoes most of the time, work boots. I did not look anything like what you would have thought. Hey, we need that person in church. Amen? And I remember that night whenever it first dawned on me. I'd had people try in roundabout ways, I guess, and I just never, it, it just never hit home with me. Fact is, the thing that hit home with me was that I had seen what Christians live like. I had gone to school with them, I had worked with them, and a whole bunch of them, as soon as you got them away from any other Christian, I worked with a guy one time, and he said, don't ever take a Baptist deacon fishing with you alone. And I said, why is that? And he said, because they'll drink all your beer. <laughs> he said, take two of them, you're safe. <laughs> I don't know if you're even allowed to talk about that in church, but that guy told me, and he was serious as could be. So I had seen this. I had grown up around people uh, that were... Christians, and they didn't do anything different than me on the weekends. The only thing that I, and, and I was a little self-righteous in this, at least I admitted what I was. And so I make it a point in my life to try to be invested in somebody that needs Jesus. And sometimes we get so used to running in the circles that we run in and this really hit home with me years ago when I was part of a denominational church world. And one of the questions that they asked you as you were pursuing licensure as a, as a minister was, do you have any friends that are not saved? And at that time, I could honestly say, no. I'm a good, upstanding Christian. I don't hang out with those kind of people. Then what are we doing? Job number one, Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What's the point in that if all you're preaching to is the choir? If we are never reaching anybody that's lost, then why on earth are we doing it? We are called to invest in people. Most of the, I've shared with you uh, uh, many, many times, I don't know how many, one, one of the things used to in our churches, one of the big things that we all had was a witnessing program. You had the Romans Road, and you had these other things, and uh, it would basically be a little script that you would read, and, and, and that never worked for me. The only way I ever won anybody to the kingdom was to, was to befriend them and sit down with them and explain what this whole thing is about. And the fact that being a Christian doesn't mean we're perfect, it just means we're forgiven. 
It just simply means that I have acknowledged I'm a sinner, that I have come to the Lord and said, here I am as undone as I am. Could you please save me? If we were perfect, there wouldn't be nothing to save us from. And to sit down and talk with them, as I was talking about this guy, he was, he was one of these, uh, and I worked with him for years. And any time I would ever try to talk to him about the Lord, he would, he would turn so stone cold. I mean, it was just like the temperature in the room would drop if you ever mentioned anything about the Lord. And so the Lord put him on my heart. This is the person that you are to pursue, the person that you're supposed to be working on. And so I finally got out of him one day. What in the world was up with him? And it was that as a kid, somebody had cared enough to come to their home, and it was him and his dad, and cared enough to tell them they were going to hell, but never made it clear what the alternative was. And so this guy grew up and then realized he was a kid, and so maybe he didn't, maybe it just stuck with him the fact that he was going to hell, and this person had just condemned him to that. But I mean, as soon as you would even mention anything about the Lord, it was just like he would put you at arm's length, and the, the rest of it was just falling on deaf ears. And so as I, I got to where I'd, <laughs> in my, this is the way I've always referred to it, I'd do the old one two punch. Boom, boom. Walk away. <laughs> I'd come in and I'd present a little gospel, boom, boom, boom. And then I'd walk away. No need in standing there because he was going to shut you out anyway. And I would, just, I would just give him the old one-two punch. And I did that for months. For months. And finally, as I'd, 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 I'd do a little more than the old one-two, I'd do a, little, do a little bag work out there. And I'd get more in every time, just a little more. I could tell that it was, it was beginning to soften with him. And that's whenever I bought him a Bible. I said, if I bought you a Bible, would you begin to read it? And he said, yeah, I would, I would, I'd read it. And so I bought him a student Bible. And, I, and I, again, I went to the book of John and I marked it up, just some things that I wanted him to read in the first three or four chapters there. And so I gave him that Bible. And one other time I got to ask him, have you been reading that Bible? Yes. And, and as some of you have heard me talk about this guy before, his name was Marty. And uh, one day, Marty and I were running conduit at least this high off, this, this ceiling height off the floor. We were in a scissor lift. We were going down through there. We were running a 400-foot run of conduit. And so we're up in this lift. And I said, Marty, have you had a chance to read that Bible? Yeah, I have. You got any questions? Yes, I do. So for the next 30 minutes... We talked about the questions that he had. And so we're running conduit, and it's just like the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and like, what are you waiting on? And I'm like, okay, it's like he's going to jump out. So I ended up presenting the gospel to him in a nutshell, talked to him about what the Lord had done in my life, and before that night was over, I got a chance to lead him to the Lord. 30 foot off the floor in a scissor lift, can you get saved in the scissors lift? I think so. And so here's the deal. We are called to invest in people. It's the only way we're ever going to, to invest in the kingdom, to invest in the church, but to invest in people that need Jesus way, way, way bad. Amen.
What are you doing with the 167? What are you doing with that 167 hours a week that are not necessarily in church? What are you doing to, to, to make a difference with that? And so, again, with our time, our talent, our treasure, we're called to invest it. We can waste it. We can spend it. We can do it all about us, or we can invest it. And somewhere down the line, that investment comes, on, uh, comes across. And, and basically, Jesus says this. If you'll invest in the kingdom, if you'll sow those seed into the kingdom, he said some of it comes up 30-fold, some of it comes up 60-fold, and some of it comes up 100-fold. Well, preacher, does that mean if I tithe and give, that it's gonna, the Lord's going to bless me like that? Yes, it does. I can't explain how it works, but I can tell you that it happens. If we invest our treasure, that's what's going to happen. If we invest our time, guess what? The Lord gives it. He redeems that time. And we ultimately end up bringing somebody into the kingdom. If we take our talent, whatever it is, Maybe you say, well, I don't have a talent. I can't sing or I can't play an instrument or I can't teach or I can't preach. Guess what? The Lord's given us all, very, very clear in the Word, He has given us all an ability to use together for the purpose of the body of Christ. And if we'll invest that into the kingdom, what, what could that be? It could be that you are mechanically minded and there's always stuff around the church that needs doing. Because I can attest to that, because that's one of my gifts, and I get to use it all the time. Maybe it's that you've got the gift of hospitality, and we've got lots of things and lots of places for you to serve here. Maybe it is the gift of serving. Maybe you just want to be in the background, and nobody ever know who did what. Guess what? We've got places like that, too. We're called to do more than the one hour a week. Think about your 167 and think about what you would do if God would redeem that time for you. What could you do for the kingdom of God? And we're supposed to invite people. I'm talking about everybody we see, everybody we know, everybody on our street to invite them. To church? Yeah, sure. But most especially to know Jesus. This is, I've said this for years. It's not about one church other than his church. It's not about one certain name over the door or one certain thing or one certain way to do this or one certain way to do that. There are some essentials that I think we ought to all agree on. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven. But ultimately, it comes down to this. He has called us to invest and invite. Before we leave here today, I want you to think of at least one person, at least one person in your life that's, he might, a person might be on the fringes of your life. It might be a neighbor. It might be somebody down the street, but you've seen them and you've thought, I wonder if they know the Lord. Who is it that you can invest in and invite to get to know him? With that person on your mind, let's pray. Father, thank you. For caring enough that you have through the centuries cared enough to have people invest and invite I think probably every one of us could say yes I'm here because somebody invested in my life somebody invited me to know the Lord 
and I want to be a part of that. I want to hand that off to the next generation. I want somebody that, that, that I have an influence with to come to know Jesus, maybe not solely because of my investment, but because of my investment. So, Lord, put that one person on our heart. Give us the opportunities. Lord, you will work it all out. We don't have to work on that kind of stuff. You will give us the opportunity, just like Marty at INET Lift. You, you actually felt like said to me, what are you waiting for? You provided that opportunity. So, Lord, as we pray for an opportunity to meet this person, to invest in this person, to invite them to get to know you, I pray that you would work in our lives. Lord, that you would let the light of, of you, your love shine through us and make a difference in this dark, dark, dark world that we live in today. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for giving us that opportunity. And I know you're going to let it come to fruition. If it's not that person, it'll be somebody else that you send our way. And so we thank you for working in us and through us and for us. And, Lord, we just give you praise for doing that. But while every head still bowed, every eye closed, if you are here this morning and maybe you simply say, Preacher, I need to know Jesus better. Maybe I, maybe I know him and, and just never pursued that. I want to get to know him better. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, Preacher, I'm that person. I'm the one that gets, needs to get to know him. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call your name up. If you just simply say in your heart, I need to make it right with the Lord today. Would you just slip your hands up so I can pray with you? Yes. Anyone else? Very quickly. Yeah. Anyone else? Let's pray. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray something like this. I want you to mean it in your heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for caring enough to have somebody invest in my life. I thank you for the invite, and I'm going to take you up on it. I confess my sin. I confess all those times when I have missed it, whenever I have done something that would displease you. Would you please forgive me for that? Lord Jesus, I know that you died for my sake, for my sin. And words cannot express how much I appreciate that. You have given me new life, an opportunity to go to heaven to be with you. And I'm going to take you up on that. I thank you for, for loving me, for saving me. But while I'm here on this earth, you know I'm still dealing with stuff here. This is a broken planet. We're broken people. We lead broken lives. So, Lord, would you help me? Would you let the Holy Spirit work in me to lead me and guide me and direct me to show me all the things to do and the things not to do. Would you let the Holy Spirit work in me? And I thank you for loving me and saving me. And I give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap for that this morning. Amen. If you made that decision this morning, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to talk to you more about it. Again, if you made a decision for Christ and you've never pursued that any further, you're just stuck right there. I made a decision for Christ. And you say, I want to I take that a step further, and I want to follow the Lord's example in baptism. Uh, please let me know. We'll start planning that and announcing that and getting a date set. We'll work it out to where your family can be here. Anything, you, anything uh, that might interfere, we'll work around it. Uh, if you have been attending here for a while and you simply say, I want to be a member of this church, 
We make it really, really difficult around here. All you got to do is pick up a form out there in the foyer on the counter and fill that out and get it back to me. It's really tough. <laughs> we've already said membership is this. You're saying you're for us. We've already said that we're for you. So uh, ultimately, if you want to be a member, we'd invite you to do that. Uh, otherwise, stand with me. And we will be dismissed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everything you do for us. You are an awesome God, and we appreciate the fact that you take time out, that you're a big enough God that you can work in our lives as individuals. And I, I just thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you'd go with us. Give us that opportunity to, to work on and invest in that person that we had on our mind a moment ago. Lord, just give us that opportunity. We're going to make the best of it. We pray for your help to do it the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. But Lord, would you please go with us, watch over us, keep us safe, and bring us back here ready to worship you. And we thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you for all your blessings. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.